Welcome to the Stakeholders Podcast, the show where we try to answer the question, what's at stake? We dive into how an organization's pursuit of their objectives affect or are affected by the people. Our guests come from the private industry, government, education, and more to discuss how they manage with their stakeholders in mind to achieve long-term success. Today, we're joined by Julia Goran. Julia is the manager of the Educational Partners Program at HubSpot. Julia, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your position? Sure. Um, so my name is Julia. Uh, I go by she, her pronouns. Um, and I am manager of the Education Partner Program at HubSpot, which is a program that is housed within HubSpot Academy and is intended to support instructors at higher ed institutions, colleges, and universities around the world, teach marketing, sales, and customer success um, in a way that is aligned with the way that companies go to market today. The main mission of the program is to reduce the skills gap and make sure that students have the confidence and the skills that they need to succeed in a job interview and not be unemployed or underemployed um, when they uh, start their first job out of college. Yeah, and I can actually personally attest to that because you helped my club at CSU Channel Islands sort of ramp up our abilities to who we can reach. And I learned a lot just using the HubSpot platform. And I can honestly say that you helped me get a job. <laughs> well, I did not know that, but that's great to hear on a weekend. Uh, what great news. It's a pleasure working with you and CSU Channel Islands. We're big fans of what your AMA is doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. So uh, I want to dive a little bit more into the stakeholders and maybe you can give us a little bit more insight about who some stakeholders to your specific position are right now. Sure. So in my role, um, I would say that there are a few stakeholders, but just for the purposes of brevity, I'll focus on three that I think are really important stakeholders to, to our role specifically. Um, so the, uh, the program itself is housed in HubSpot Academy, but there's a lot of cross collaboration that happens internally with other teams at HubSpot. And one such team is the campus recruiting team. So the campus recruiting team and the education partner program do a lot of work in alignment. Um, their interest is to have uh, students who are very talented come and work at HubSpot, whereas ours is to have students that are very talented work wherever they feel is most appropriate for them. That doesn't always have to be HubSpot. But as you can probably imagine, a lot of our goals are aligned when it comes to making sure that students are prepared and feel confident to do interviews for internships or for full-time positions. So I'd say Campus Recruiting, um, they're amazing partners of ours, and we wouldn't be able to get a lot of our work done if it wasn't for their support. Um, I'd also say that because of the large quantity of students that are taking certifications that are assigned it as homework or taken in class through our instructors. Um, the acquisitions uh, department at HubSpot is also a stakeholder in our role. So we are able to generate a lot of free users um, that are essentially students that create HubSpot accounts and come into our ecosystem to take one or multiple certifications. And this is a great way for um, us to obviously extend our brand into classrooms, but also um, for folks to be a little bit more aware of HubSpot Academy and be educated on inbound principles. Um, and I would also say more and more, and I'm really, really happy about this too. Lastly, just wanna mention the diversity, inclusion, and belonging um, team at HubSpot. 
we're doing more and more work with them and with campus recruiting when it comes to diversifying the funnel and the pipeline of people that come to HubSpot for entry-level positions straight out of college or university. Um, a lot of what we do is about educational access and making sure that students um, have the skills that they need to succeed. And as um, everyone probably listened to this can understand, it's not always easy for students to have equal resources across the board, um, depending on their geography, depending on the resources that their, their school has. Um, the experience of interviewing for a job uh, can be vastly different depending on what your campus looks like and what the resources on your campus look like. Um, and so we're partnering with campus recruiting and the diversity, inclusion, and belonging team at HubSpot um, quite frequently to make sure that, for example, first gens in tech have resources, educational or otherwise, to make sure that they can succeed at a job interview at a place like HubSpot or somewhere else. Yeah, and I think I think that's really interesting you say because the, our technology right now allows us to reach so far, and the fact that HubSpot is doing this is really telling of what the future can look like. And I mean, all of these mass educational online systems that are independent of the school system are also becoming even bigger. And it's such an exciting time to be a student, to be completely honest. And even though I've graduated, I'm continuing to take some of your courses and some separate ones. So definitely gives a lot more opportunities for a lot of more different people. Yeah, and that's awesome to hear. And I think part of the reason why we got interested in working with clubs like AMA Channel Islands is because we wanna have a direct access to students like you who are extremely um, motivated, who are curious, intellectually curious to learn more about marketing or sales or whatever careers they wanna enter in. Um, so that is a huge plus of being in the role that I have at HubSpot, as well as just seeing a lot of that fire ignited in students that want to um, learn more about the industries that we, that we touch. Right. And now, have you been able to identify between your primary stakeholders and your secondary stakeholders? And I imagine the ones you brought up up front were most likely your primary, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, we have stakeholders across HubSpot. I only mentioned a few because those are ones that I just want to call special attention to. But there are certainly external stakeholders that I haven't mentioned yet that have uh, that play key roles in our program in terms of giving us feedback and letting us know um, what's going on in the higher ed space. Um, and so, yeah, we have quite a few stakeholders in that regard as well. I'm sure I can go through some of them if you'd like. Yeah, I'm sure, I mean, I would love to, and I'm sure our audience would love to hear. Sure, yeah, well, I mean, the population that we directly serve as part of the Education Partner Program are the college and university instructors that are uh, part of the program. So each instructor applies individually to be able to get the free software and free educational resources that we make available to this community. And so um, at least at the time of recording this, there are about 1600 professors in the program across uh, 65 countries. So it's a very global program, it's very large. Um, so we would be remiss to say that our professors are not the biggest stakeholder in the success of our program. Um, we create resources for them, but we don't necessarily see it as a, as a one-way relationship. Professors give us amazing feedback when it comes to what, um, what they're looking for in terms of creating educational and experiential learning experiences for their students. And they also just give us feedback on our educational content. There are a few education partner professors that are actually in our certifications. They're being filmed, they're being interviewed. So we like to think of it as a very 
um, positive uh, sort of cycle of, of feedback and of support for these professors. So our professors are really at the heart of what we do at the Education Partner Program. Um, and indirectly, we can reach out to their students. Um, but for the most part, the professors are, are a big core of, of what we do. Um, and then like you kind of said, and then like you hinted at, we're trying to make inroads with campus groups as well. So uh, clubs like the AMA at Channel Islands um, and AMAs elsewhere, um, other college chapters as well. So in fall 2020, for the first time, we'll be supporting around 18 campus groups across uh, the country um, and also one at the University of Toronto in Canada. So we're really happy about that as well. Um, this is our way of making sure that our stakeholders, uh, which are ultimately the students, are being impacted by what we do. A lot of the frustration sometimes in this role is that we have so much information, but that information can't get to students if professors aren't checking their email over the summer or have unsubscribed from our emails. And if any of them have unsubscribed and are listening to this, I really urge you to resubscribe. Um, but our initiative with campus groups is our way to directly impact what students are learning in the classroom, what they're doing as co-curricular activities, and hopefully to prepare them for an amazing job or an amazing internship. Um, a few other stakeholders as well are solutions partners and our customers. Um, so we want to create value for our solutions partners, which are essentially um, a community of HubSpot resellers or um, marketing agencies as well as HubSpot clients and customers. Um, and one way we've done that is by giving our educators in the Education Partner Program an opportunity for their students to work directly to solve real business challenges for our solutions partners and customers. So we're really trying, uh, my team is really trying to embed ourselves more with the customer org at HubSpot to make sure that we're creating value, not only for educators, but for our customers as well. And that actually leads into my next question, which is a little bit more about your stakeholders for HubSpot overall. Um, is there other places that you directly interact with uh, HubSpot stakeholders? Yeah, I would say um, within HubSpot, like I mentioned, the diversity, inclusion, and belonging team, just recruiting. One thing that I didn't mention that I also think uh, I, I also think should be mentioned quite strongly here is HubSpot's employees. I know that a lot of people are interested in working at HubSpot and have sort of an allure of HubSpot because of uh, how popular um, our culture code has become. Um, and if anyone is listening to this and isn't aware of HubSpot's culture code, you can Google it and find a slide deck that's about 150 slides and just talks about how culture is a product of HubSpot, much like HubSpot software is. Um, HubSpot has been very intentional about creating an inclusive, um, work culture and corporate culture. Um, and I think that it's because of that that HubSpot has seen success and has poured resources into programs like ours that don't immediately create or generate any revenue for the company, but do a lot for students and those who educate them. Um, HubSpot's employees, so my colleagues, are amazing people. They're some of the most intellectually brilliant people I've met, very creative, and they also help us when it comes to um, working with us to supply guest lectures for clubs, um, to essentially create more robust co-curricular activities as well. HubSpot employees have been so, so crucial in 
allowing us to make HubSpot come alive for a lot of educators and their students. Yeah, HubSpot culture is definitely something that I continuously hear about and um, it's really impressive. Would you, would you say that some of those stakeholders are maybe less passive or maybe they're quieter? And if so, what, what do you try to do to really bring their voice out and to make sure that they're heard? Yeah, this is a great question because I've been thinking about it a lot as we hire for our team. And um, a lot of people who are interviewing for positions on our team ask what some of the challenges are uh, in this program. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when it, we use the word passive. Um, there are a lot of folks who um, take advantage of our educational resources, use our software, and we might never hear from them because they're the type of educator who prefers to sort of do things on their own, which is completely fine. I absolutely respect that and I think it's great. Um, but then there are also other types of institutions who partner with us and professors who partner with us who are pretty vocal about giving us feedback, um, pretty vocal about also how much they, they really like what it is that we do and want to get involved. Um, I can go on and on with a few examples, but I'll, I'll kind of start local to, um, to Boston, which is where HubSpot's HQ is. Uh, Northeastern University actually accepts HubSpot certifications as credit for a few of their degree programs, um, both at the undergraduate and graduate level. So if you can really consider how much credits cost these days, um, the fact that a Northeastern student can take a free certification at HubSpot Academy and have that count as credit is really just marvelous in the scheme of, um, I mean, it just touches on so much about the, um, the price of higher education, um, different ways that colleges and universities are trying to support their students with asynchronous learning, um, different ways that corporations can partner with higher education um, to create these sort of opportunities as well. Um, so Northeastern University is a great example of a stakeholder who is not passive at all. They're constantly trying to innovate when it comes to uh, how they assess their students. Um, their co-op program, uh, if, if you don't know about it, is amazing. They really have a, a leg up on that because they saw the value of experiential learning so early. Um, Emerson College is another great example of a great partner of ours. Uh, there's a professor there named Randy Harrison who is doing amazing things and also um, should be said, inspiring other educators as well to do amazing things in their classroom. Uh, Randy is someone who just welcomes ambiguity and really thrives in ambiguity. And that's really important for an educator who's bringing in a new topic or a new software like HubSpot into the classroom. You have to be a little bit more open-minded. You have to invite ambiguity. You have to flourish in ambiguity. And I think that Randy has done that really well. Um, so again, I can go on and on um, and I'm happy to keep talking about um, stakeholders who are uh, maybe a little bit more assertive uh, rather than passive. Um, but we have educators that are so, so willing to give us feedback um, and so, so happy to be a part of this program. So that's really what keeps us motivated as well. No, that's really cool. And I actually have a little bit of a question to dive deeper into this. Where do you see this certifications as credit going? Do you see it being taken on as like um, 
as the new normal or do you think that's either like a long ways away and it's not even like a vision yet or would that be a separate from the current regular education system yeah that's a great question that i don't have the answer to i mean i can totally understand why northeastern has done this i think that we've always been very supportive of what northeastern does and so it's great to hear that they see validity and legitimacy in our certifications so much so that they're accepting them as credit. Um, in terms of what it might look like for the future, I would absolutely love for more universities um, to adopt that kind of you know, certification for credit system. Um, but I can also understand why universities are a little bit suspect of it. Um, there is a lot of change happening right now when it comes to higher ed, a lot of conversations happening around equity and accessibility. Certifications are free, they're extremely accessible. Um, so I would love to say that the conversation is going more in a direction of higher ed being a little bit more open and open-minded about um, bringing in educational resources that are traditional, let's say. Um, and I hope that that is the direction we're going in, but I feel like it's a little to tell with, with any confidence. And that's totally fine. I just kind of wanted to see if um, there is a vision that's kind of coming to fruition soon. The next question is a little bit more about the separation fallacy, which is basically the concept of business decisions are amoral, meaning there's no really right or wrong. And then the other way around with ethical decisions that couldn't possibly be business decision. It's called the separation fallacy. Have you ever found yourself in your current position or in previous positions where you've learned from it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like I could probably be a guest on a podcast that talks purely about separation fallacy, to be honest. I mean, I, I don't think it's an elephant in the room or elephant in the podcast that HubSpot is a business. Uh, we are for profit and we're trying to make inroads in supporting universities. And I think that that is viewed with suspicion by some, which is completely fair. Um, I do have so much respect for higher ed and the traditions that come with it. Um, and I can understand why folks see corporations, not just like HubSpot, but Google, Apple, Facebook, that get involved in these uh, credential or diploma programs um, and those who kind of like the binary between um, sort of corporate involvement and higher ed, um, when they see things like that, they might sort of, they might be a little bit reticent to learn more. And I can completely understand that. But I can also speak from my own experience of where um, I think the education partner has come from and, and where it's going. Um, we are a free program. We give out free software to anyone that wants to teach or learn HubSpot. And the value of that free software is about 6,000 US dollars a month. So it's quite substantial. It's enterprise level software and we give it out for free. Um, from that angle, I can understand how people think that we're very charitable. And I, I do see some truth to that as well. Um, at the same time, it's a huge brand awareness play for us. And like I said before, HubSpot is a for-profit company and we are uh, trying to get students and educators in our ecosystem to find out more about HubSpot, to become more curious about HubSpot, and then maybe even more curious about HubSpot as a place to work and not just HubSpot, the software. Um, so I do think that we're 
sort of walking two fine lines at the same time. One, when it comes to let students feel confident to enter the workforce with our educational resources that we always keep up to date um, and that are really in line with how businesses go to market today. And then there's another foot on the brand awareness piece and um, just making sure that HubSpot is able to be a presence in classrooms and at universities and that folks who are learning about marketing or learning about sales are also learning about HubSpot. So it is a tricky line to walk and we never want to be overbearing um, and certainly never want to be disrespectful towards any educators that um, are a little bit suspect of, of this sort of marriage between higher ed and corporations. Um, but I do think that this program walks that line pretty well between um, creating free resources, never asking for money for them, and also doing a service for, for the company that we work for. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very important uh, point to make. I mean, I think in the first episode, I talked about how the stakeholder theory is a for-profit theory. The idea that by helping others, you'll be helping yourself long-term instead of the short-term benefit of just being selfish. That plays a very big role into the theory as a whole. So I really appreciate you bringing that up. Julia, I want to thank you very much for being a guest on the Stakeholders Podcast. And is there anything else you would like to say before we sign off today? No, well, thank you for introducing me to this idea. I didn't, frankly, I didn't know too much about it before you brought it up. So thanks so much. It seems like such a relevant idea to how uh, businesses make money and how they connect um, with their clients and form relationships today. Um, and certainly as I become a manager at HubSpot and try and figure out how the interests of stakeholders all have to go into one certain direction, um, this is definitely something I wanna learn more about. So thank you for opening my eyes to it. Yeah, and thank you very much for being a guest. I really appreciate you coming on and I'll see all of the rest of the listeners in the next episode.